Welcome to the Will and Air Show. I am William Kramer, and I am with my co-host, Aaron Bontrager. We cover local sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also cover college and pro sports. We are recording on May 7th, and we are recording our 38th episode. Aaron, how you doing this week? Doing good. Have you... Do you have any new ideas for St. Joe's mascot? You, you know what? I kind of thought about this on my long drive to uh, recruiting mm. Saturday. I've uh, been busy recruiting. been busy with hosting Washington sporting events, wrapping up the school year. As you know, as a teacher, wrapping up school year. But I was driving. I'm like, ah. I wonder what St. Joe is going to rename their nickname. So I, I've got a few nicknames that I think will honor their past heritage without dishonoring the native uh, Indians here. I like the Warriors. I mean, you think about the Golden State Warriors, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Winnemac Warriors. Warriors is one of the most popular nicknames in this country mm-hmm. i looked it up on a website so it must be true uh <laughs> i also like the nicknames spartans and trojans both of those are fairly uh, well used as well mm-hmm. um here's my thing we already have the pen kingsmen and marion knights why not add spartans to the midst why not add trojans or warriors to the midst aaron what do you think you know, I haven't thought of this. I should have thought of I do like your ideas. I think they fit well with the other NIC teams, like you mentioned. It's going to be interesting to see what name they come up with. It will be. And they won't know because they're doing some digging and thinking and researching during the summer. And I think they'll release it. If I'm correct, the article said, in the Southern Tribune sometime in the fall of 2023-24 season. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with topic number one, and that is high school baseball notes. Uh, things are starting to take form and shape in the NLC, NIC. Of course, we can't forget about our good friends from Bethany, Christian, Laville, and Elkhart, uh, Christian Academy, and of course, Fairfield and the NECC. Uh, but things are really starting to take shape in the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference. Uh, Penn avenges an earlier loss to Portland Carroll uh, by beating them 7-3. to three. Hernandez and French combined for six Hayes. Uh, Carroll was highly arranged in Class 4A, so this should boost the Kingsman confidence for postseason play. Uh, the Kingsmen are really rolling right now. They're playing some good baseball, so right at the right time. You know, uh, with Marion losing 13-3 to Penn, the Kingsmen are in the driver's seat to win the NIC. Marion is tied with Adams for second place, each having one conference loss. You know, these two teams, Marion Adams, will have already played Monday uh, by the time you hear this. Uh, a big game for the NIC title hopes. The winner will need Jimtown and New Prairie to beat Penn to win the NIC outright, which, you know, let's be honest, not likely to happen. Yeah, well, I, I would be surprised if Penn doesn't come away with their second NIC title in back-to-back seasons. You know, I think we both probably think this. The question for Penn is, are they going to make it back to the state finals? I think you're right. I think that is the question that most of us are probably wondering. Uh, can they make it back? And like we said, that win against, uh, I think at the time, number two, uh, um, Fort Wayne Carroll, that was a huge win for the, mm-hmm. the Penn Kingsman there. Uh, according to Matt's preps, uh, John Glenn has won 10 games in a row, and Penn has won eight. Yeah, Bryson Hanna and uh, Brendan Hodges both been terrific on the mound for the Falcons. 
You know, and Hannah not only can pitch, but he's also leading the team in batting average. Chase, Miller, and Joe Trap-Louis. If you're a basketball local fan, you'll remember those two names because they also play on the the basketball court. Uh, They're hitting the ball really well for the Falcons, for a team that's hot right now. Now, Mishawaka continues their unbeaten streak in the Northern Lakes Conference at 8-0. They beat Plymouth and Wawasee. Garrett Ginter has a 1.05 ERA, and Caden Rose and A.J. Budd are key hitters for the Cavemen. They have Goshen, Warsaw, Concord, Northwood on deck this week. Mishawaka is 15-2, heading into a busy week of baseball. Aaron, do you see any of those teams beating Mishawaka? You know, not at this point. I don't. Uh, the Cavemen are rolling. You know, they had uh, Lucas Nowacki throw a hitter against Wallace C last week. You know, teams to watch would be uh, Goshen and Warsaw. I think if any team could pull an upset in the NLC, those might be the two. But it's it's going to take quite the effort, I feel like. Yeah, and I'm going to say one name, one team here that I think will give Mishawaka a hard time, and that's going to be the Warsaw Tigers. Just for a simple fact that Goshen will have given Mishawaka all they have, and then Mishawaka has Ooh. to go the next day and play another one of the better teams in the NLC in Warsaw. That's a good point. Fairfield is 15-5, and they're 7-0 and in the NECC. The Falcons had an impressive week, Aaron. They beat mm-hmm. three solid programs in East Side, which they avenged their NECC tournament finals loss. Uh, they also beat Jimtown and Northridge. Now, a lot, a lot of the success this year, their 15 wins, is because of their two pitchers, their one-two punch, and Alec Hershberger and Keegan Miller, but... There's a third arm that is getting some well-deserved attention of late, and that is Landon Miller. In 22 innings pitched, he has a team-leading 0.98 ERA. Uh, Michael Slayball and Cohen Yoder are reliable hitters as well for the Falcons. Yeah, Fairfield has two important non-conference games this week against South Central, who is 15 and 15-6 on the year, and Rochester as well, who is 13 and 13-4. Ooh, so we'll see how Fairfield mm-hmm. matches up out of conference against two teams that obviously have, have uh, won a lot of games here. Uh, let's move uh, to topic number two, high school softball notes here. You know, at the time of this recording and by the time you hear this episode, uh, Penn and St. Joe uh, will have uh, played already. But um, Penn is 8-0. St. Joe is 6-0, and New Prairie is 6-1 in the conference. St. Joe already beat New Prairie. And uh, you'll know who won the Penn-St. Joe game. Uh, If Penn can beat St. Joe and New Prairie beats Penn, there'll be a three-way tie. And I was told by an athletic director within the NIC that there is no tiebreaker. Uh, So there would be... According to this athletic director, there would be a three-way co-NIC champion at that point. Wow, that would be interesting. Uh, Aubrey, Zachary, Berkeley's Zach, and Ava Geyer will all heavily impact how this is played out. So three outstanding pitchers in this area. You know, Aaron, that's a great take. I agree with you. I think that ultimately this is a two-horse race though between Penn and St. Joe. Um, I think they're just probably an overall better team, although Ava Gaia from Newbury is really, really a stud pitcher. Uh, but if St. Joe wins Monday's game versus Penn, there's no more drama left. We all know St. Joe will win the NIC. Uh, the Penn and New Prairie game really would lose a lot of luster if St. Joe won Monday's game. But mm-hmm. if Penn can beat St. Joe, which it feels like you know that that is a possibility, then all of a sudden the NIC race continues to be a race. Uh, Adams and Jimtown are really solid teams this season. They're having a solid year. Uh, they are not at the level of Penn, St. Joe, and New Prairie, but they are ahead and shoulders above the middle of the pack of the NIC. Now, if Penn, St. Joe, and New Prairie are Tier 1, then I, I would have Jimtown Adams in Tier 2 by themselves. If Jimtown and Adams were the in if Jimtown and Adams were in the NLC conference, uh, they would be in the top three 
pretty easily, I would think. That's how strong the NIC is this year. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Kyla Eberhardt has been a solid pitcher for the Jimmies with the 1.96 ERA. Abby Brown and Kendall McPhee have been reliable bats this season. Absolutely, indeed. And for Adams, it has been all about their star pitcher, sophomore Emma Shell, 1.17 ERA. Uh, they have had consistent hitting production really up and down their lineup if you look at uh, their batting averages. Uh, one through nine. Uh, you know, Aaron, Mishawaka slowly kind of running away with the NLC as they now have a 6-0 conference record. North Region Goshen, we kind of talked about them the last few weeks about possibly making a run, but they're both in second place still with a 5-3 and three record each. Mishawaka does have a tough schedule to close out their season, starting with Goshen and Wawasee, uh, both on the road. You know, even if Mishawaka loses both of those games, to Goshen and Wabasee. They will be heavily favored to win the remaining NLC game. So unless someone can pull off a massive upset, which I just don't see that happening, I think uh, you would have to give Mishawaka uh, the edge to come out on top at the end of the season as NLC champs. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. If you look at the runs for and against for Mishawaka, it's only... A plus 10 run differential, which is third in the conference. So behind Goshen and Wallace C. Uh, which kind of says this before we get to track and field. Uh, it kind of says this, even though that the run differential is not as good for Mishawaka, as you just mentioned, they're behind Goshen and Wallace C. They're winning those closer games. Mm-hmm. So they may not be having as many blowouts, but they're winning those closer games, uh, which is uh, big for Mishawaka. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to topic three, a little track and field. Uh, it's a little, little slower th- this week. Um, got a couple shout-outs. Shout-out to LaVille boys track and field team. They won the Dennis Rippey Invitational. Uh, this invite was hosted at John Glenn High School. Uh, the host school, the Falcons, finished second. Look on the girls' side, the Lancers and Falcons finished second and third, respectfully, behind Pioneer. And also, shout-out to Northwood Lady Panthers as they won the Goshen Girls Relays B-Class. And they scored just about eight more points than Culver Military Academy. Uh, Northwood's Hannah Chupp received the award for the highest point score for the B-Class Relays. And on the A-Class Relays, Southman Adams and Plymouth finished second and third. So shout-out to those schools as well. All right. Topic number four, uh, we're going to kind of do a quick update on the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, Boston and Philly are now two uh, all tied, two games of two. Uh, some of you probably watched the 76ers uh, won in overtime on a James Harden three-pointer, and that happened Sunday afternoon. Miami is up 2-1 on the Knicks. They look pretty good in game three. In the West, we had uh, the Lakers going up 2-1 against the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Then tonight, currently as we tape this, Denver, well, before we get to the score, Denver's up 2-1. Game 4 is going on right now, and it looks like the Suns have a a two-point lead as they're about to start the third quarter. So, pivotal game 4. Will, your thoughts on the NBA playoffs? Uh, you know, things things are starting to get serious. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I love this time of year because you you get guys who really, really actually play hard. Uh, and and I love the environments because the crowds are really good. Um, so I, this would be interesting. Uh, I did not see the James Harden three point. I'm just out to watch that after our recording tonight. Uh, that's a huge win for Philly. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of makes that uh, a best of three series now. Right. You know, in the last three games there of the Boston Philly uh, matchup. Um, how about Butler in Miami? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Are they favored to win that series? Miami? I'm not sure. Um, I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about how, you know, Miami almost didn't make it because they had to be Chicago. 
to get in. It's just been a crazy, oh, that's true. Wow, crazy story. <clears throat> and New York was solidly in there, right? Yeah. So okay, so this would be upset then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. You know, I I gotta. I love the upset story, so I'm gonna have to go with Miami. But you know, they've also been down there a lot, so <laughs> I wouldn't mind saying New York Knicks. Although that pains me to say that as a Pacers fan. <laughs> um. Now you did pick Miami in seven, so uh, that is still mm-hmm. in the mix. Uh, that Boston, I don't know. That it still could end in six. They have to win the next two though. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Golden State in seven. Still, still have faith in uh, Curry and company there. Draymond Green. I'm a little worried. Um, Are you? But I feel like that's going to go seven games. Someone on Twitter showed uh, a picture of the game three free throw differences of the Lakers and how many they shot in Golden State Warriors. I didn't watch the game, and I'm not going to buy into that assumption of the LeBron treatment or whatever the case (laughs) may be. I don't know. I thought that was curious. What are your thoughts? You think that's a fair game? You know, I think, yeah, because I didn't watch. I didn't watch much uh, NBA. I'll be honest with being out of town this weekend. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think just the way they play is different. Like I feel like the Lakers probably found something in getting the ball inside. LeBron kind of forcing the refs to call fouls is going to be key. You know, I think about the Warriors like. They rely a lot on shooting. Yeah, I'm not going to buy into the – I think I made a comment earlier, but I didn't watch it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's all speculation. Yeah. So um, – and I don't want to speculate, but I will say this. I, I did see that the Warriors had three guys. I think it was an NBA record. Three guys that made six threes <laughs> in one playoff game. And then they showed – Lakers as a team made six threes. <laughs> but uh, uh, you're right. Uh, Warriors are a three-point team. Lakers are going to try to get inside. So we'll see how that matchup plays out in the last, uh, you know, four games, if it goes to four games or not. So um, where's the next game at? Is it in L.A. or Golden State? Uh, it's in L.A., yes. Okay, okay. Which I'm assuming Lakers will be favored. So this is a huge game for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, definitely. Going on the road, they're going to have to be uh, – almost feels like a must-win game because you don't want to go down 3-1 against LeBron and the Lakers. Right. Uh, let's see. Denver and Phoenix. Um, honestly, I'm kind of pulling for Phoenix. I want to see Game 7. I want to see a bunch of Game 7s. Yeah. I just want to see every series go to Game 7, every series down to the last shot, game winner. Sounds good. Probably not going to happen. We have a treat for you guys. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege to introduce our special guest. Craig Wallen is the Elkhart County Miracle Team President. Uh, he want to share a, kind of a little bit of a, his background uh, for you. He pursued an undergraduate degree uh, in announcing at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Uh, Craig's love for baseball and broadcasting led to becoming a play-by-play announcer for Notre Dame and South Bend White Sox teams. He has five decades worth of broadcasting experience. He has been on radio and television for the University of Notre Dame Athletics as well as IHSAA championship events statewide. Craig hosted Game Day AM, the Fighting Irish football pregame show on WSBT News Talk 960. He also does play-by-play for area high school and college sporting events and is host of the weekly home and garden show from Linton's Enchanted Gardens. You know, I know him as Mr. Wallen because I grew up with his kids at Gymtown. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Wallen's wife, Deb, was my former piano teacher. And his daughter, Tori, was in my graduating class of Gymtown uh, 2006. 
uh, our family attended the same church at Elkhart Northside Church in Nazarene. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I say it is a true honor and privilege to have you on the show, I really do mean it. Uh, it's great to have you. Thank you, Will. I appreciate that. Fond memories of those years, watching you grow up with your family. And uh, tell you, it's really cool to be with you and Aaron tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's a blessing to have you on the show. And, you know, I, uh, when I teach uh, the lesson on goal setting for health and wellness classes at Washington High School, I always tell them the story of how you, and I still remember this, you were, we were watching a baseball game. It was in the spring. Really? We were watching a Jimtown baseball game. And we had, we were small talking in a parking lot. Um, and you were asking me, what are your goals? And I remember telling you, I don't even know what a goal is. I, I, uh, and then you were trying to explain to me, oh, well, there are short-term goals, long-term goals. And you challenged me that, that evening to get some index cards. Yeah. And so I did. And the funny thing is, as a first night, I set goals for myself, all because of you uh, Craig Wallen challenging me to set goals for my life. And I have the very first index card that I wrote still with me today. I have all of those index cards I've saved over the, the last few decades. So, well, I am so proud of you and what you've become. And, you know, um, you can talk all day long about setting goals, you know, and having dreams. Um, but until someone takes those first few steps like you did with the index cards, it, it just goes in one ear and out the other. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you, you, you had the right frame of mind to begin to put some application behind those, those steps and those thoughts. And uh, you began reviewing those cards, I hope, daily, right? Do you still do yeah. that? Do you still yeah, do that? Yeah, it, it's still in my... Uh, Aaron, you can attest to this. I've got goals in my bathroom uh, oh. <laughs> uh, while I'm there. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> magical. You, Aaron, if you haven't done this, you need to listen to Will. You know, begin to put those goals down, if you haven't already, on a little yeah. index card. It doesn't have to be anything big. But just put some bullet points there in what you want to do and, and review them daily. Uh, that's the key. And that's what I did. Um, coming out of college, I had those index cards, and I reviewed them daily. I still have the same index card somewhere. Uh, we've moved a few times, so it's probably packed away somewhere in a box. Um, but, boy, I can remember just, you know, looking a hole right through that index card, just staring at it every day, every day. You know, Will, you know this. Sometimes it feels like you're not making any kind of progress. Yeah. yeah. But but don't let that stop you ever, you know, and God's good, and, and he's got a plan Amen. for your life. And when you start Amen. reviewing that plan for your life and, and making it a part of your DNA, uh, magical things will happen. And I'm glad well, to hear that, Will. Well, you know, I, I, one, I wanted to share that uh, story because uh, you know, the Wallen family has meant so much to the Kramers over the, over the years. Uh, but two, I want to uh, say thank you for the encouraging words there. Uh, speaking of dreams, uh, you've had a pretty big dream come true, uh, the Elkhart County Miracle. And so the first question I want to ask is, you know, as you just mentioned, every dream that comes true has a beginning. When did this Elkhart County Miracle dream begin? And what were the key pieces that made this dream come true for you and so many others? You want the real truth when it really began? Yeah. You're, you're sure, Will? You really want to know? I'm Absolutely. not going to bore you guys with this? No. <laughs> okay. It, honestly, it began when I was like eight years old. Uh, we lived in this house, uh, a little bungalow in Janesville, Wisconsin, me and my sisters, my mom and dad. And next to our house, we had an open, vacant lot. And we used to play catch out there you know, the guys in the neighborhood, we'd go out. It wasn't really big enough for sandlot baseball, but I got the feeling that maybe if we could move that one duplex a little bit, we could maybe build a stadium right next to our house and everybody would come just like they come to the Wrigley Field games. Mm -hmm. That was when I was eight. I kind of had that vision. 
And, wow. and then I left it. I left that thought. I left that dream and um, started my career. And when I did a lot of broadcasting for the White Sox and for Notre Dame, I saw literally, um, you know, hundreds of different venues, football, basketball, baseball, soccer venues all over the country. And I started getting the idea that, you know, you didn't have to have a really big uh, city or town to have a minor league baseball team. In fact, a lot of the minor league cities are in small and middle-sized towns, kind of like kind of like Elkhart, Elkhart County. And and some of them have really done well. I mean, Quad Cities, the Davenport, Iowa area, Peoria, uh, Kane County. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But honestly, when I started looking at these venues up close and personal, because I got a chance to broadcast out of the press boxes, out, out of all these different ballparks, I started putting together some ideas and some thoughts about doing it here. Now, we've worked 16 years on architectural renderings. We have three different architectural firms that have helped us with, you know, the possible look of our stadium. Uh, but we just haven't been able to launch any of that yet. Um, but we've been working hard at it. And uh, last year, Roman Smith, the athletic director, uh, Aaron, you probably know that name, but Roman is the AD at Northwood. He was talking about the brand new Northwood Field of Dreams baseball and softball project. And he said part of the idea not only was to have that facility ready for the spring of this year for the Northwood teams, but also to make it available for maybe a minor league team in the summer. And so he didn't really know our dream of having or wanting a minor league baseball a team for Elkhart County, but you know, after uh, he told me that, we shared some detail, and one thing led to another, and we have a lease agreement with Northwood, the Field of Dreams, and we'll start playing there in about three weeks. So, wow, you know, that's kind of, that, that's kind of the long and short of the story. The the plan is still there to do a uh, a wonderful, you know, hopefully ten thousand seat retractable roof minor league stadium that will also house professional soccer. That's our, that's Will, that's our long-term dream. But the short-term, the near-term is the Northwood Field of Dreams for the next three years. Right, and that long-term dream would be uh, the plot of land, Tiner Road uh, 17 and US 20. Is, is that the idea? We've, we've had land contracts out there. Um, we put deposits down on property but we just weren't ready to pull the trigger with construction. So while we've been in a holding pattern, a lot of those plots have been sold off. So now, so, so now depending on how quickly we can, you know, get this thing rolling, um, we may not end up there on County road 17, but I love that location. That's Mm -hmm. a great location because it connects Elkhart and Goshen, Bristol and Middlebury. And, yes, yes. Uh, it's a perfect location right off the 20 bypass. But, you know, the, the location's important. But mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is just to be able to have our own home here sometime soon. So that's what we're we're working on. And that's kind of the three to five year plan. So you I know, need to put that I, down on the card and revisit that <laughs> week, daily and weekly. <laughs> you know, I just love the story of how this started at eight years old in a small town called Janesville, Wisconsin. Uh, and you had a vision, you had a dream to, to one day build something uh, that aligned with your passion of baseball, your love for baseball. Uh, and, and you never quit on it. You, you just kept going at it and going at it. And, and your experience from your career uh, allow you to gain that knowledge to how to start things going and and the important information you needed. Uh, so I just love that story of how that dream came into reality. And so, Aaron, you had a question. Yeah, kind of uh, with the team name being called The Miracle, could you talk to us about where that came That's from? That's a good question, Aaron. A lot of people do ask that. You know, minor league baseball nicknames are fun. Have you 
have you realized that <laughs> how fun they are? Um, yeah, yeah. We're we're in the Northern <laughs> League, and we've got six teams in our league. One of the teams is called the Corn Dogs. You know, that's a fun name. Um, another yeah. name is the Northwest Indiana Oilmen, and the Oilmen. Um, that team name is kind of reflective of the community because they're they're in refinery land. You know, there's all kinds of oil refineries, mm-hmm. and so the Northwest Indiana Oilmen. I mean, that's a beautiful name. It reflects the culture and the community. And then um, another one uh, that I think of a lot that really reflects the culture. It's at the big league level, the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't drink beer, but a lot of people in Milwaukee do, and that's probably a pretty good name for that community, the Brewers, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers. But here in Elkhart County, I've lived here 45 years now, and you guys know this. I don't make any excuses. Uh, the fact that we're a faith-based community, lots mm-hmm. of strong churches. You guys went to Bethel University. You know what that's mm-hmm. all about. Go Pilots. Um, Go Pilots, right? And I just thought, you know, 16 years ago, what one name could we pick that would kind of reflect the culture of our community and the fact that we're faith-based? And I just came up with Miracle. I I just love that name. Uh, Since then, there have been all kinds of miracles. We survived a tornado in Elkhart County. Um, There was a gentleman who graduated from Elkhart Memorial High School, uh, Mr. Gunlock is his name, who left $150 million to Elkhart County in a nonprofit organization called the Community Foundation. And the uh, Wall Street Journal called it the Elkhart County Miracle. Wow. I mean, it was like the largest, largest gift ever given by an individual in the history of America. I mean, this is huge. Right. And I just think this is the hotbed for miracles. If you live in Elkhart County, you see miracles every day. You know, they don't have to be big ones. They can be little ones. But if you have your eyes open and you're watching and, and, and really looking for them, you can find them. And so we chose the name Miracle. Now, the two other teams that have used the Miracle, the Miami Miracle, uh, way back, probably 30 years ago or so, and even the Fort Myers Miracle. Um, so two teams in the past that have used the Miracle. I'm not sure why they chose the name Miracle. I think it's a little different than the reason why we chose it, but nonetheless, they did have it, and now we've got it, and we're running with it. I love that story. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. my bad, Aaron. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying the same thing. It's awesome. Uh, the fact that anybody has $145 million to donate, uh, that is amazing. I never even knew that. Yeah. Uh, the knowledge of Craig Wallen <laughs> or the incompetence of Will Kramer. <laughs> no, uh, the Gunlock gift was unbelievable. $150 million gift. And, you know, he, he came back to Elkhart. He made it big, in, I think, in the insurance industry. Um, David Gunlock, you can look him up. I believe the first name was David Elkhart Memorial grad, but he made it really big in the business world overseas, I think in Europe. And then he got into the motion picture industry. Uh, Bill Murray was in one of the movies that he bankrolled, but he would come back here to Elkhart to visit his mom. He loved his mother. He was never married. And when he, when he came back a time or two every year, he, he would also meet with some of his classmates from Elkhart Memorial. And one of the last times he was here, he talked with a, a banker friend um, who kind of encouraged him, you know, at some point in time, you know, you're probably going to die. I mean, we all do. We expire. What are you going to do with your fortune? He wasn't married, didn't have a family. And so he was encouraged to leave it with the Elkhart County Foundation. And so he was like, I think, in his 40s at the time. So he signed the paperwork, said goodbye to his mom, hugged her, went on his merry way, and short time after that, unfortunately, he passed away. 
Um, mm. And so, you know, the ink dried and Elkhart County now is giving away millions of dollars every year to very worthy nonprofits through that huge wow. gift, the miracle, the Elkhart County miracle given by one Mr. Gunlock. Great wow, story. what a story. Yeah. It is a great story. So you've already mentioned uh, and kind of talked a little bit about the Northern League of uh, Minor League Baseball, the, the six teams involved. Uh, for the, the average fan or, or person who listens to the podcast, um, probably don't have a whole lot of background knowledge on the Northern League, how it works, uh, players, where they where they stay at, uh, you know, all, all the things that uh, kind of important to know, maybe, uh, if you're attending a game or just, you know, it's good to know, I guess. So uh, could you fill us in on the Northern League uh, and uh, the roster and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, well, the Northern League started in 1902. I, w- I was about five years old back then and i just i'm kidding but 1902 <laughs> was the very first year of the northern league and it's taken on different looks over the years it's changed hands but the fact remains it began in 1902 and uh, the northern league has a rich heritage it's a minor league independent system that's produced some hall of famers i mean hank Guerin. Roger Maris, Don Larson, uh, names like that. I think Orlando Cepeda, great big league Hall of Famers that have played in this league, the Northern League. Um, to fast forward a little bit, the Northern League, like I said, changed hands a number of times. In the last five to ten years, we've had, I believe, a hundred players from, from our league that have gone into the professional ranks. Um, and there's a handful that have made it all the way to the big leagues from this league, the Northern league. Uh, and it, it does kind of change a little bit, just like any league would in minor league baseball. It, it kind of gravitates. Sometimes it was in Chicago land a little bit more, but now it's just six Indiana, Northern Indiana teams. So we're the furthest East in Elkhart. And then uh, the teams are from Elkhart all the way to the Indiana-Illinois border. Um, most of the teams are in Lake County, Indiana. So we're talking about Hammond, Griffith, Whiting, uh, Crown Point, uh, Highland, Indiana, and Elkhart. Those are the six. So that's the mm-hmm. league. Um, you know, they have a system... Uh, called the host family program where players Mm -hmm. that come from around the country, they stay with families like they might stay with the, the Kramer family maybe. So there's a little, little seed I'm planting will for your mom and dad, if they (laughs) would ever want to host a player, they surely could do that. There's some great benefits. We give them all the hot dogs they can eat. uh, And your dad can have all the popcorn too, that he wants on any night. Oh, Okay, yeah, so. you, that might that <laughs> might just do it for my dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have host families. Um, it's a hybrid league. We call it a hybrid league. Um, so it's kind of a combination of the very best in college um, baseball and also minor league prospects are feeding into this system too. Um, Major league baseball has contracted. I don't know if you've been following it that closely but a couple of years ago they went from 45 rounds in the the minor league draft to uh, 20 rounds so what that means is there's fewer chances now for the really good players to number one find a place to play and fewer chances now for them to even make it to the big league so talk Mm -hmm. about putting a dream and a goal on an index card i mean you really need to do that if you're a minor league baseball player, you need to review those goals daily because you have to have sterling focus to be able to make it. There's so many factors, as you guys know, in sports, uh, injuries, and you know the clock is ticking. If you're a minor league ball player and you're 25, 26 years old and you haven't made it yet, it's getting a little late. Uh, there's a lot of pressure there. So I don't want to mislead anyone 
uh, it's very difficult for these young men to make it to the big leagues, but we have a feeling there's going to be one or two from our team, the Elkhart County Miracle, that someday will be playing mm. at, at you know Wrigley Field or who knows where, Fenway. Wouldn't that be cool? So we got yeah, that would be. It's happened already, you know, not with our team, but with other teams in the league. So why can't it happen here? And why can't your mom and dad host one of the next big leaguers? Well, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? You know, the next time I see him, I'll bring it up to their attention. Yeah, there you go. So uh, I heard uh, from one of the one of the, the several interviews that that you did um, earlier. Uh, so twenty five percent of the roster will be from local players. Is that correct? Right, right. That's okay. that's roughly the percentage, uh, twenty five to thirty maybe at the most. But most of our players are coming from outside of the area. And I looked at okay. the roster, and we've got probably six or seven states that are represented. North Carolina, Connecticut, Wisconsin, Illinois, a few others in there. And it looks like we might have a Dominican player or two as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. the Dominican Republic is a hotbed for baseball. And there are more Dominicans that are playing in the big leagues than any other country except for the United States. So the U.S. has the number one uh, number of, of players uh, represented, and then the Dominican Republic is the number two. Um, so it's it's a big deal there in the DR, and we've we've got a manager from the DR, Wilson Valera, and he's bringing uh, hopefully a couple of players with him. One that throws ninety five to ninety seven. He Ooh, wow. brings the cheese, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a major heat. Man. Yeah, major heat. Um, He's this guy was even on a 40 man roster. So that's like when I talked about the hybrid league, we've got a kind of a combination of collegiate players and also, you know, minor league prospects. We've got a couple, we've got a catcher that was in the Colorado Rockies organization as well. So mm-hmm. it's good. It's a good mix. That is, that is true. It's a good mix and a mix that our local uh, fan base should be excited to attend. Uh, Aaron, you got a question. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned about your coach. How? Uh, what are your thoughts on your roster and coaching staff going into year one? I told somebody today, Aaron, that I am, you know, I'll probably uh, die on the sword saying this, but I'm I'm an internal optimist, and I, I just love our team. You know, I do. Our roster, I can't wait to meet these guys. I feel like I know them already, you know. Yeah. Uh, Evan Sharpley, who played some baseball at Notre Dame, he played three years of minor league baseball. He was a quarterback at Notre Dame, two-sport star. Uh, he's in charge of our baseball operations. Mm-hmm. So it's really been Evan who, you know, we've talked about the kind of player we want, high-character guys that can play, flat-out play. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of modeled our team after that. We want to make sure that they're upright good citizens, you know, and um, just really high character guys and then guys that can really, really play. And so Evan's done a fantastic job. He really has uh, putting together a 30 to 35 man roster. And Evan also came up with the idea of hiring Wilson Valera as our manager and telling you what, we've probably looked at five or six candidates and I would have been happy, honestly, with any of them. We've had some outstanding candidates. But for one reason or another, they just, they just weren't working. Uh, most of it was scheduling. And, uh, you know, we're getting closer to opening day, right? We don't have a manager yet. And Evan wasn't panicking. Uh, and, and I wasn't either. But we were wondering, you know, when's this manager going to appear? And so uh, Evan has had some contact with Wilson Valera in the past, and he learned that Wilson was interested in being our manager, so we sat down and talked to him. And it was kind of a, a reunion for me because I first met Wilson Valera, our manager, 35 years ago. He was the shortstop for the South Bend White Sox, and I was the broadcaster for the team. So I traveled on the same bus with Wilson 
and I ate um, the same food with Wilson and stayed in the same hotels as Wilson and the rest of the guys. So, you know, fast forward 35 years later, here I get to spend another summer with Wilson Valera. And I had forgotten the quality man that he is. He is unbelievable. He loves his players. And I'm telling you what, I don't know that there's a better baseball guy uh, than Wilson Valera. He spent uh, a few years playing baseball in the minor leagues, eight years actually, uh, as a player. And then uh, he's got Dominican rings from the summer leagues. I mean, his hand, he could cover his whole hand with all the diamond rings that he has. He's been in a handful of major league organizations as the bullpen coach and bench coach. And then with Kirk Gibson out in Arizona, he was with the Diamondbacks and he was an assistant coach with the D-backs. So he's got the big league pedigree and he he lives in Elkhart. Can you believe it? He lives right here. Uh, It's crazy. He's been here for the last three years. You know, he kind of lived here 35 years ago. We must have made an impression on him, our community. And he wanted to come back here and settle back in. And I wasn't even aware of the fact that he still lived in the, that he had returned and he lives here in Elkhart. But you are absolutely going to love Wilson Valera. And, you know, this is an old, worn out cliche. And forgive me, guys, for saying this, but, you know, you hear about guys that are great players, but better human beings. I'm not kidding. There's probably no better baseball guy than Wilson Valera. But you know what? He's a much better human being. And you are going to love the pieces out of him. And these players, they're going to love him so much that I really think they're going to have just tremendous growth in the 10 or 12 weeks that we have them. They're going to be so much better. And as they go back, some of them back to school, some of them back to affiliated baseball, they're going to have an even better chance of making it because of Wilson Valera. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> That's awesome. Kind of came back full circle for you. It That's did. cool. It did. Yeah. Well, that's a neat story. I love that. Um, you kind of already talked about Northwood's field of dreams. Is there anything else you want to add to that uh, facility? Well, um, I, I will say this, that we're just so thankful and blessed to have a $15 million brand new facility to play out of for our very first year. I mean, how many teams get that chance? You know what, Aaron, you know what, Will? That's a miracle. Mm-hmm. That's an Elkhart that miracle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to have a $15 million baseball complex, your very first year, brand new, given to you on a silver platter. I mean, that's so uncommon, but hey, wow. that's Elkhart County for you. <laughs> Miracle. Yep. So <clears throat> a lot a lot of people probably don't know that there is going to be an economic impact just by having this franchise <clears throat> excuse me, franchise here. So what what's the local impact on the economy uh of having the Elkhart County Miracle Baseball team? It's a really good question, Will, and we don't know for sure what that economic impact will look like but i've looked around i've done a lot of research on this and i know for a fact that the quality of life or quality of place as they call it is so enhanced when you have a minor league team in your community and it it it's, brings a lot to the community because people follow teams uh, like ours and they come and they visit they stay overnight some of them in our hotels they you know, eat our food in our restaurants. They stay maybe a day or two and they spend money in tourism. And Elkhart County is huge, you know, with tourism. Um, they, uh, they go to our retail shops. They, they flat out spend money when they come. And, you know, you can put a pencil to it, but when you add up all the things that a team like ours can bring to the community in terms of the residual income, all the different things that people can do when they come here. 
you're probably looking at somewhere between 500000 and and a million dollars for the season. Uh, you know, that that's probably a pretty close estimate if you add it all up, uh, considering the fact that, you know, we could be averaging 1,000 to 2,000 fans per home date. Um, we have 30 home dates. We start in late May and we, inish, we finish in uh, August. So, you know, whether that number is 500 or a million, um, it's going to be significant. And it will only grow, you know, each and every year. Wow, that's a lot of that's a that's a good number, and uh, obviously a, a positive impact for the local economy. Kind of talk talk about your expectations for your inaugural season, Darren. I'm telling you what, I'm I'm hoping we can hit it out of the ballpark. You know, wouldn't it be a miracle? I sometimes go to bed dreaming this. Wouldn't it be a miracle? If we didn't lose a single game all Wouldn't year, be great. wouldn't that be great? Just think of the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> Just think of the headlines. But you know what? That's not going to happen. We're going to lose some games. But it's not about winning or losing in minor league baseball. Truly, right. it isn't. I mean, we want our teams to do well. We want to have a championship in the Northern League. There's no doubt about that. I want it more than anybody. But it's about the experience, and baseball is such a great pastime. It's it's much mm-hmm. more than a sport. You know, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, grandkids. I mean, it's it's all about community. It's about hanging out. It's lifestyle. Um, my expectation is for us to have a great time this summer, reuniting with our friends and just enjoying, you know, the nation's pastime and and watching a, a bunch of young guys that are fighting, working their backside off, you know, to make it someday, chasing their dreams. Uh, I think it, it just can't get a whole lot better than that, right? No That's doubt. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I love the part you said about it's about an experience. It's about a community coming together to enjoy the national uh, pastime. And speaking of the season, it's coming up really quick. Opening week is uh, only a few weeks away, and opening day is May 31st. Uh, talk to us about what can the fan expect to experience uh, during opening week? Well, we've tried to cram a lot of things into opening week to make it special. We're calling it the historic opening week of the Elkhart County Miracle. We're, we're thinking this could be history-making. There hasn't been minor league baseball, Aaron, Will. There hasn't been minor league baseball here in Elkhart County since 1910. And oh, wow. so, yeah, it was the Elkhart Blue Sox. They last played here in 1910. So there hasn't been any baseball, any minor league baseball for that many years. And so this first week is like a celebration of baseball returning to Elkhart County. So mm-hmm. May 31st, Wednesday, opening day. We've got great plans for that day. We've got hideous business. My friend Les Eads has a great local band. They play a lot of 70s and 80s and some 60s. Uh, you'll be greeted by hideous business when you come through the gates. So they'll be playing music from 6 until 7. The game starts at 7. That's on opening night. And then uh, throughout the week, uh, Thursday, we've got the cinch bag night. It's a baseball cinch bag. 400 of these really cool cinch bags for youth, 12 and under. They'll be given away. First 400 kids, free of charge. It's got the Elkhart County Miracle on it. And it looks like a baseball. It's really cool. It's got the seams. It's white. It's really cool. That's on Thursday night. On Friday night, my good friend, the mayor of Elkhart, Rod Robertson, he'll be throwing out the first pitch. That's Friday night. Saturday night, we have a Saturday night. We've got a guy. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, of this guy, Ben Zobrist. I, I think he had a double in the World <laughs> Series to win it for the Cubs. To snap he's, that, kind of. He's kind of well known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was one of my dreams was to have Ben Zobrist here for opening week. So I thought, Hey, 
you know, I can ask all day long, and they can tell me no if they want to, but I'm going to ask Ben Zobris. He's number one on my list. I want him. So I, I struck out a few times, but I, I kept digging and finally got a hold of his agent. And you know what? He's not available, uh, available very much, but he was available on Saturday, June 3rd. So he's coming in uh, to throw out the first pitch. And he can only sign autographs on material that has the Elkhart County uh, logo on it, Elkhart County Miracle logo. And so we've made that picture night. So you're going to get a free team picture. Anybody who comes on Saturday night, June 3rd, uh, that's a 6 o'clock game, you're going to get a free team picture. And then there's an inset inside that picture, a little picture of Ben Zobrist. And then Ben will be around to sign that picture. That'll be a keepsake. Uh, that will be. Yeah, that'll be a really cool item. You'll want to put that in a frame somewhere. Uh, but that's Saturday. And then Sunday, this is one that really, uh, you, you're going to love this one. Saturday is Don Presser Day. Boy, it got quiet. Crickets. No one Don, Don Presser. No one knows that name, right? I mean, Aaron, you don't know that name. I, Don Preston, I, never heard of it, right? No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no need to feel sorry. No one hardly remembers Don, but I do, because I'm old. <laughs> but Don Presser, uh, who's now in his 70s, he played with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, uh-huh. Minor league. Pittsburgh Pirates. He never made it to the big league because he had an arm problem that kept him from making it. But Don Presser was an Elkhart County guy. Grew up on a farm in Bristol, Indiana. He went to Bristol High School. Okay. And then when that school that school did close, it became uh, the Bristol kids then became part of the Elkhart system. So he actually graduated from Elkhart High. He played at um, Ball State, um, Eastern Michigan, he was a center fielder and shortstop wherever and pitcher. Wherever he played, he started. Um, he had a phenomenal high school and collegiate career and then drafted um, as um, an undrafted. He was an undrafted free agent who signed with the Pittsburgh team and then played in the minors for a couple, two, three years uh, with the Pirates. So he, he is a local legend, and he was inducted. I believe it was in 2004 into the Elkhart County Sports Hall of Fame and wow. recognized as one of the all-time great Elkhart County baseball players, Don Presser. And like Wilson Valera, you guys, Don Presser was a really good baseball player. But you know what? He's a better human being. He is fantastic. And Don Presser impressed me. Hey, how about that? Don Presser impressed me so much that I asked him, would you consider being our honorary manager for the entire year? He said, man, I'd love love that. So Don Presser is going to throw out the first pitch on Sunday at two. And he's our honorary manager from Bristol, Indiana. Wow. That's awesome. What a story. Uh, A lot of great things, promotions uh, throughout the whole opening historic opening week uh for the elkhart county miracle and uh if you're listening you have to go on their website uh, uh and purchase uh some tickets for you and your family and friends and come on out to uh watch a game uh over at northwood uh and see uh this team and enjoy all the festivities um, and, and come back multiple times, come back um, and check these guys out. They'll be playing all summer long. Um, and uh, Craig, it was an honor. Uh, we want to thank you for coming to our show to talk about the Elkhart County uh, Miracle Team. Well, thank you, Will. And thank you, Aaron. It was really a pleasure to be with you guys tonight. We want to just uh, invite you guys to come out and visit too. We've you know, you're part of the media core. You're, you're, you know, you're covering sports. So when you come, just let them know, hey, I'm part of the media and I don't have to pay for my entry into the ballpark. 
Well, that's a, that's a nice oh, Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, you come and there's a pass list for all media uh, at the will call window. So you can come anytime you want. Well, thank yep. you. Thank, thank you. you guys. Okay, Aaron. Uh, it's been a great show. And uh, I tell you what. Uh, I the more and more we do this show, I keep hearing from people uh, from uh, Elkhart in South Bend, uh, St. Joseph County, um, that they love what we're doing. So I appreciate all the the love from you guys, the people who listen to us. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know we do this really for fun, right? We, yeah. do, we don't do this to um, be popular. We don't do it. We don't get any money out of this. Um, but we, we do it because it's something we love doing. Um, and so thank you for tuning in uh, every week. Uh, share this with your friends. You know, share this uh, podcast with somebody you know that loves sports as well um, in this area. Um, so, Aaron, uh, can't wait for the next show next week. Yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Alrighty. Well, uh, we'll check uh, out and look forward to seeing you next week here on the Will and Aaron Show where we talk about local college and pro sports.